0: So, Michelle, we all know you have the best tips, but look, you can't possibly be everywhere to help everyone. That's where an authorized Disney vacation planner can be a lifesaver. And luckily for you, we just
1: happen to know the best. That's Nate, of course, from Main Street and more travel. Oh, yeah. Nate is the best. And with things changing at the parks, resorts, and, of course, the high seas all the time, it's so hard to keep up even for me well that's not true yeah but Nate is always right on top of every move Disney makes so he can help you have the best vacation ever oh for sure if you're
0: looking to visit Walt Disney World Disneyland sail the seas on Disney Cruise Line or even explore anywhere in the world beyond Disney our friend Nate from Main Street and more travel can help
1: make your vacation dreams come true no question sweetie and if you've listened to our show for any time at all You know we're big fans of high-end experiences, and that's just what you get when you work with Nate. He'll give you concierge-level vacation planning services, but at no additional cost to you or your family. Heck, you may even
0: save money if discounts become available, because Nate is always looking to make sure you
1: get the best deal possible. And did we mention all of this comes at no extra cost to you? That's because it's Disney that pays Nate for all that top-notch service he provides so
0: you don't have to. So if you're looking for the best person to plan your magical vacation, just go to more.com Fill out the form on the website to get the process rolling on your next fabulous trip with Nate. And be sure to tell him Tom
1: and Michelle sent you. ¶¶
0: Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, gorgeous, <laughs> super intelligent, very hardworking Disney scores from 2016 loving wife and
1: co-host Michelle. That's right. Four score and seven years What ago. is
0: that about? <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment here. Believe me, it's interesting to where we <laughs> how we got to that, but I think you'll enjoy the ride one way or the Hopefully. other. Thank you for joining us today. We are recording this episode, and it is dropping on the same day, Sunday, February 12th, 2023. A very happy Super Bowl Sunday to you all. Yes.
1: And Lincoln's birthday.
0: And Lincoln's birthday. Again, we will get to that in a second. Before we get to that, I'm going to talk about Super Bowl Sunday just a little bit here. Uh, whether you're listening to this as a pregame show for the Super Bowl, I don't know why you would, but maybe you are. A postgame show for the Super Bowl makes a little more sense. I get that. Or later on during the week, more likely. We hope you have or have had a wonderful Super Bowl Sunday And we hope that maybe your team ended up
1: victorious. Right. Yeah. And hope you uh, enjoyed the commercials.
0: Yes. Or just hanging out with family with some good beverages, some good food, some good company, and just kind of enjoyed this pseudo holiday that we have once a year. Yeah. Yeah. Are you
1: excited?
0: I'm excited. It's going to be a fun day um don't know who i'm rooting for i guess i'm gonna root for my my brother Pat. not really my brother but my brother at heart pat from the conversations podcast he's all about the eagles so i guess i'll be voting for the eagles today
1: Sure, why not sure (laughs) why not
0: (laughs) i'm just kidding uh by the way we wanted to reach out to the conversations podcast and congratulate them we were on their episode last night they did a live episode their 100th Episode. Yeah. Uh, that right. was very impressive, guys.
1: Yeah, pretty monumental. And yes. Yes. And good topic. A lot of good, fun people there. Yes. So, we uh, didn't
0: sound great on it, but, know, it <laughs> but it was good <laughs> and fun.
1: It's uh, like great when time. you're saying I'm smart, I'm like, yeah, let's not reference people to listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah, this, we visited.
0: <laughs> you should listen to it. You should listen to all the Conversations yeah. podcast episodes if you like a little fun Star Wars talk. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, com. And while you're there... Oh, I
1: didn't know we were going to do that today. I'm just kidding. We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter.
0: Please sign up for the newsletter. Just a
1: great way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. It's all full of (laughs) Michelle-ness. Well, I think there's... I, I took from you your structure. And I think I just added one little And just made segment. it a
0: million times better, no. as she does with no.
1: everything. But I'm thinking <laughs> that this week, uh, if, you, if you're a subscriber already, if not, subscribe before, I would say before Tuesday, uh, I might drop, a little wacky thing here. Oh boy. Something wacky. Yeah.
0: Something wacky from Michelle that which yeah. means it'll be the most wackiest thing you'll yeah, find. But
1: the our conversation again, our conversation friends suggest that I somehow post somewhere. Oh boy. Wow. <laughs> so be
0: prepared for that. I think I know where we're going with that. Um yeah, you're not ready. <laughs> you are not ready, but you will want to check it out. So please subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, also please follow us on social media we're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast Facebook, Instagram and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast if you are on Facebook come on over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group yes and thanks
1: for those of you who have already joined we love the interaction yeah
0: uh, great stuff including a couple things that are going to come up here in just a little bit from that group also we are on YouTube if you want to find us there just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast hit subscribe you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever wanna contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We do love hearing from you. Now, before we get into this week's show, you know we do this every single week. We like to look back at the prior week before we advance and start moving forward because this is the show of positivity. And so we like to pick out those gems of positivity from every single week because we find there are lots of them out there and sometimes they could go by the wayside if you don't, you know, focus on them a little bit so we like to do this thing called my favorite thing from this week and when we do this well we always start with Michelle because she's fantastic <laughs> she's spectacular she's amazing mm. she's beautiful she has the best list you're going to hear that in just a little bit she does the best research I think you're going to hear that next week <laughs> she also has the very best thing from this week what is your favorite thing from this week Michelle well
1: this week was just actually jam-packed with a lot of fun wonderful favorite things of the week and it's hard to really narrow down one you know so like i you know we'd have to do like hyperion adventures you know my favorite thing from this week is is not is my favorite 1800 things from this week Yes, yes okay so i'll try to narrow it down to two because they're pretty pretty close close tied um so one would be that got to spend a long weekend with you. Yes, my that sweetheart. was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such a rarity. Uh, so rare. <laughs> having two days off in a row lately. That's rare enough, rare. yeah. But having three really made it special and just enjoying the heck out of having that time together with you. Yeah. And the other one would be getting together with amazing friends and just laughing so hard that between my lips hurting and my gut just bursting with laughter. (laughs) Hopefully not for my food. (laughs) No, no. But it was
0: such an amazing time. It was. And that is my, I mean, yes, I love the weekend. I always love Mm -hmm. spending time with you. But part of that was spending that time with these great friends that, some of which we have not seen in an extended period of time, like pre-pandemic time, We've been planning for this for a long time. We've actually had other plans in the past that for one reason or another, whether it be on our part, whether it be on their part, uh, circumstances have happened and we've not been able to get together, but it finally occurred this week. We were able to get together with them and we just had a wonderful, wonderful couple of days um, just eating some good food, having some good drinks, laughing so much, yeah. and just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, it was yeah. really, really great.
1: Totally agree with you. Yeah. So.
0: So, yeah, I agree with you. That's my favorite thing from this week as well. We did get some my favorite things from this week from a couple of our listeners as well. I'm going to start with Jonathan in Portland. This all came through the Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group, by the way, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Jonathan in Portland said, We had so many incredible moments on our Disneyland trip that could have made our favorite thing of the week. It was hard to choose, but our favorite thing was going to Moonlight Magic at uh, California Adventure. We got to try so many foods, compliments of DVC, see the new world of color, meet Powerline and Max, and of mm-hmm. course, there's just Powerline Max, and of course, take a stroll with Captain America. We would just wish Tom and Michelle could have been there. So do we, I believe know. me. Believe wow. me. By the way, I, totally I don't know if you can find it, but if you go and check out um, Castle Bound and Down or Vinyl and Disney, they may still have this uh, video posted on maybe Facebook or on Instagram. Of Captain America and our mm. cutest Hyperion adventurer, Lorelai, just yeah. taking a stroll through uh, Avengers campus. It's so adorable.
1: It is adorable. And I, actually, I don't think the word adorable really captures the essence of just how how amazing and yeah. cute it was, but uh, so grateful that they shared that with yeah, us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, they went on to say, as a side note, next week is the three-year anniversary of the oh. DVC episode that pushed us over the edge to become members dvc members yeah. so yes cool. yeah Thank so you. thanks for uh, pointing that out saw lots of pictures from them looked like they had mm-hmm. a fantastic time and we unfortunately obviously now that we're on the east coast we weren't able to go out there and, and connect with them this right. time but i believe coming up this fall they have a an east coast trip coming so we're looking forward to connecting with with uh, jonathan and camille and lorelei hopefully out at the most magical place on earth that that's time. right yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, Scott in Minnesota sent this in. He said, My favorite thing from this week or past two weeks was our Disney vacation starting on the Disney Wish for four days and then five days at Walt Disney World and our home resort of the Riviera. Mm. Mm -hmm. Firstly, the Wish is an amazing ship and four days in the Caribbean was absolutely beautiful. It was our first time on Castaway Key, and we will definitely be back. Snorkeling with my daughter was the highlight of the day and on our day at sea, Heather and I had a great time talking with you two over at the Cove Cafe. Yeah, Yeah, that was fun. We had a long, lengthy discussion. That was a lot of fun. Uh, He went on to say, our room at the Riviera overlooked both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. We got to ride Remy's Ratatouille Adventure twice and Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind three times. It just might be my new favorite ride, even over Rise of the Resistance. Mm, Mm. Interesting. Lots of pixie dust on the trip, including a free Lightning Lane, uh, Passed to Flight of Passage because we kept getting in long lines for Rise and Tower of Terror, only to have them break down. Uh, we hadn't been planning our on going to uh, Animal Kingdom, but hopping over to Flight was our daughter's highlight. That's awesome. As we left Magic Kingdom on the last night, there was a Mickey. There was Mickey atop the railroad station to say goodbye. We had to stop and thank him for being such a good host. That is when we found out that I can do a pretty decent Mickey Mouse impression. Who knew? <laughs> That's great, Scott. Good for you. I can't wait to hear that impression. Yeah. Well, back to the snow and cold for a few more months until we thaw out here in the great white north. At least we have the memories, photos, and a bunch of new swag to remind us of all the magic. As I told Mickey as we were leaving, see you again soon. Aww. Yeah. It yeah. So, looked like, like I said, more pictures from yeah. them. They posted a bunch of them. Uh, on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, just looked like they had a phenomenal time. I yeah. know, like they were having a great time aboard the Wish uh, right. when we discussed with them, and then it looked like the well, Walt Disney World leg of their trip was the uh, trip was phenomenal as right. well. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Glad for them, especially um, for the. Weather, The yeah. amazing weather we had during the cruise portion of their, their trip. So that was good because it always makes it more fun when you have some really special, wonderful weather. For sure.
0: And that goes for Walt Disney World as True. well. Uh-huh. So let's get on to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you this week, including a few interesting things came out of this week's Walt Disney Company earnings report. We'll tell you a little bit about, about that. And great news if you like to come back to a sparkly, clean room during your Walt Disney World vacations. We'll tell you what that's about as well. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. Okay, yes, so for this week's main topic, you may have looked at it and wondered why on the title page is the Lincoln Memorial there with headphones on. What is going on with this? What is happening? As Michelle mentioned earlier, it is Lincoln's actual birthday today on February 12th. So Michelle had this wild idea of what we could do today for today's main topic. Michelle, explain it to our Hyperion adventurers, please.
1: I don't know, I either, I, I remember I came up with the idea late at night one time, and I don't know, maybe I had some wine that night, who knows, but anyways, I, I was thinking, Lincoln's birthday, hmm, what could we do, and you know, of course, his iconic and very heartfelt um, speech, but where the line, four score and seven years ago, appeared in it, and I thought, four score, that's a mute. that could be a music <laughs> episode but where we're using movie scores rather than you know some of the soundtracks from movies sure and seven years ago so we had to backtrack seven years which brought us to looking at movie scores from the year 2016 so there you go four (laughs)
0: scores f-o-u-r scores and seven years ago, 2016, <laughs> and it happened to be that 2016 was a great year for some wonderful Disney movies that yeah. we love mm-hmm. uh, that had some excellent scores.
1: Right, and right Now, we're
0: not talking necessarily soundtracks here. Right. Soundtracks are usually the songs you might think of with... With uh, you know lyrics and everything involved, these are scores. So much more of the backing music is what right. we're focusing on. At least that's where I was
1: thinking of yeah. when we were talking about this. Exactly. Correct? Yep. Me too. Um, so it, like you said, it's that background music that is enhancing the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully touching on some emotional aspect of the scene that you're watching.
0: Yeah, as we know from many movies, the score can. Can emphasize what a character's thoughts are. Mm-hmm. It can move the plot along. It, it it can reference so many different things. There are callbacks to them. If you listen to scores, uh, they are fascinating to see how you can tell a story mm-hmm. just with simple music. And right. we're gonna you know go through a couple of things. I think that help. You know, forward the story in these movies that we loved out of twenty sixteen here.
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all we always talk about how, you know, the Disney company is, you know, exceptional at storytelling and so it kind of supports that concept. But um yeah, going along with the, what you were saying, honey, is the score a lot of times is something that is performed um by a lot of musical instrument by different musical instruments. So you don't A lot of times it's an orchestra of right, some sort, yes. Right. So not generally speaking like a single instrument, like a guitar or a piano and things like Although that. Although
0: a single instrument within it can speak
1: volumes. Right, right. Yes. Be a part of it. Exactly. You know, and um You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about, too, that sometimes you hear a repeated theme in a song of the score, um, you know, or that can sometimes be helping support a specific character, you know, that that, kind of attaches. So that with what they're going through in the story, the background music may be, you know, bringing a lot more, emphasis on action, but still ha- have that little touch of that same character sound to it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to look a lot of that. Uh, we're, we're, since it is four scores, we're going to pick four scores uh, from these films that came out from the Walt Disney Company. Now they could be out of Marvel. They could be out of Pixar. They could be out of Disney Animation. They could be Disney Live Action. There could be a lot of different ways that we're going to go at this. Uh, And I think there's going to be some crossover here, but I think there'll be some differences as well. We may look at some different portions of songs Mm -hmm. uh, as we go through there too, because maybe something else called out to you than what called out to me. So, you know, whenever we do these lists, uh, now we normally do top fives. This will be, since it's four scores, we're doing four this time. And I I, I don't know if Michelle's going to stick to four. I'm sticking to four this time. Yep. So that will not be our normal Hyperion. We are th- totally throwing Hyperion <laughs> Adventures tradition out there by not having five and the that five that's actually eight, you know, so just deal with that. So let's go ahead. We, you know, when we do these lists, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, <laughs> oh, wonderful, yeah. great, and she has the best list. So Michelle, let's start with your number four score from the year of 2016
1: all right um like you said there were a lot of great movies that came out that year my number four um it's funny this one i don't know that initially i was attached to this song but by the like third or fourth time i heard it and i actually heard it a lot of times on disney hits radio Mm -hmm. um i actually really started to appreciate it appreciate it and that is alice from alice through the looking glass by danny elfman So, you know, I'm a big fan of Danny Elfman anyways, you know, because his music isn't that stereotypical, you know, especially when you're talking scores um, that you would think of, as you heard in this part of that song. And there's actually another piece of that song that helps really kind of emphasize some aspects to this. But one of the things that also I saw um, in an interview with Danny Elfman, and he said, This song was actually of the nearly hundred scores that he's written his favorite, Mm. and um, it it is uh, it's hauntingly beautiful. I would say right, and he,
0: which is uh, true of a lot of uh, Danny Elfman stuff, I think, especially when he's working with Tim
1: Burton. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, it. I think they draw on each other, kind of that um, more unusual side, but definitely something that then still sparks a lot of interesting emotions and, you know, that, that you can, how you can feel about these characters. Um, you know, and the the other thing that he said was that it wasn't initially thought of to have that choir. Um, and he didn't explain how that thought came in, but he said it wasn't until he heard them sing the word Alice mm-hmm. that he felt it really captured what was in his head with that song? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting with that 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 part of his, you know, conception conceptualizing this this score. Um, the other thing that's, you know, if you've seen the movie, Alice has different aspects of her. You know, um, sometimes she, is she, they they show how her curiosity or you know being like a discoverer comes out, and other times, you know, she's got that warm side where she's empathetic, you know, like when you talk about with the hatter, you know, and once she really starts to understand what his plight was. So um, this other cut from that same song, I think really emphasizes more that other side of her. Like I said, you can see there there's that other side of Alice, um, you know, to where she really is kind of like a heroine uh, in this story. Very much so. Yeah. So uh, it was interesting how somebody, uh, you know, somebody can take a song from the, the other film that came out prior to this and just really enhance it and bring out more because I guess because the story is telling a, a much deeper type of story mm-hmm. involving, uh, you know, what other characters are going through. Yeah. I will say we didn't like Alice
0: to the Looking Glass nearly as much as we right. enjoyed the original, uh, well, obviously not the animated Alice in right. Wonderland, but the other live action, uh, Alice in Wonderland done by uh, Tim Burton. Right. Um, we we actually, we were surprised at how much we enjoyed yeah, that yeah. version. And uh, we were looking forward to seeing Alice Through the Looking Glass. And eh, not so great. But the music, Danny Elfman's always spectacular. Yeah, Danny right? There's no music. question.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it It has interesting characters in there that, you know, one could like. But I just think the strength of the first story was, was so impactful to us that maybe we set the bar high. To. That's true. Could be. Could be. All right, so I think we're at your number four. My number four,
0: I have a feeling, is going to be somewhere on your list as well. And it's one of our favorite movies that came out of this year. And this the when you see the story, you may not notice it, but there are some interesting nuances to... Uh, this the score that's behind that mm-hmm. kind of moves the story along, and it's done by one of our favorite composers of all time. He's he done such wonderful work nowadays. More um, a modern composer, Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. and uh, the movie we're speaking of is Zootopia, um, which we just heard some news about this week. By the way, the interesting things, but uh, I I find that the music, the way it kind of formulates what's happening around you Mm -hmm. including like the quirkiness that you see within the town of Zootopia itself with all these interesting animals of different shapes and sizes going about their Mm -hmm. days in in a way that you kind of you would almost expect like we were just recently at the Animal Kingdom Lodge looking out at animals and seeing how they you know go across the savannah well this is a city and they're wearing pants but you still kind of get that not to mention there's a little underlying, you know, kind of that drum beat of what you would think of if mm-hmm. you were going to listen to some maybe some african style music, right. but in a more modern interesting way. And so I thought this was fascinating, and so let's just get a little uh piece of what I thought was interesting. <laughs> So as you might be able to hear from that piece, I, I think you can almost picture the animals right. kind of walking through crosswalks right. and going about their day throughout this city, yeah. you know. And I just totally. I, I felt the quirkiness of this entire movie, you know, just within that. Also a little bit of the menace within there mm-hmm. of like, you know, the the mystery that's behind this and right. some of the almost seedier underbelly that is also exists within this town that's supposed to be about, you know, for every animal, right. you know. So it just uh, I found that just that little piece very interesting
1: yeah yeah it, it's funny as i was listening to it as you were just now playing it um it did remind me of and brought back fun memories of just this past few days where we were there at the resort and looking out and i could kind of like feel that mm-hmm. rhythm and stuff so
0: mm-hmm. cool cool. Oh, cool so that was my number four
1: well it, it's interesting that same movie um score also is on my list as you mentioned it's number three but uh different perspective of it and different aspect of it that, um, and I first want to share with you some quotes that I found, uh, about this. And first one came from, uh, Brian Howard, who was the director of Zootopia. And he said, in a world as vast as Zootopia, we needed somebody who could deliver a score that can feel exotic and powerful, but also provide that same emotional intimacy. We tell stories with images, and Michael tells stories with music. Zootopia is a massive film with deep emotional themes running throughout the story, and Michael was the perfect choice to bring the music of this extraordinary animal world to life. Um, And then in another reported quote from actual um, Michael Giacchino, why can't I say it? Giacchino. Giacchino, thank you. Again, having difficulties talking today. But what it might he, be actually
0: Gikino, but yeah. Gikino or Gikino.
1: Yeah, sorry for saying it wrong. Um, but he said, the general expectation about animated films is that they're just bouncy, fun, but real, what really hit me the most after seeing, seeing Zootopia was the idea of disillusionment and bias and disappointment both in yourself and the world around you. And what would you do in order to make things better? So there's an actual different part of the score that connected with me um, that if we can play right now. starting with just a very soft few notes and and some of them are sharp notes so you know that it, it gives you that feeling that something isn't quite right something is and and what i noticed from it is there's like it would emphasize one note every once in a while a little louder than the rest just slightly but just a little louder and I, and i was trying to think is this like really symbolizing kind of what's going on in in their world like in their society like Time after time after time, something isn't quite right. There are mm-hmm. those biases. There are those issues of prejudices and things like that. Um, the other part I took from that is that it just could be each person and what they're experiencing in in that that world that where they're having something not be quite right, but. Then you get this big crescendo of where it actually sounds like things are coming together. You still have some of those sharp notes once in a Mm -hmm. while, so it's not perfect. But you can tell that together they're working to try to make it better. And I just felt really connected with
0: that. Yeah, I totally get it. And it's one of the things you're going to find, I think, with a lot of these scores and these pieces of music that we're playing today is that you know, it, obviously the composer had an intention. The composer and uh, when the director decided on it and everything and said, "Let's go with this," there was an intention involved. But there's always interpretation, just like any art. art. There's mm-hmm. interpretation involved with the listener and what they see, what they hear right. out of it, it maybe a slightly different than maybe what the composer initially intended, right. uh, or what someone sitting right next to you might get out right. of it. Yeah. 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 So it's it's all what is works for you. But of course, obviously the composer thought that this is what I was striving for to move the story along, to move this character along or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, great choice. And thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really, I'd be surprised if you've sat down and watched Utopia and thought, wow, what an amazing score that is. But when you go in and you you delve deeply more into it and take a listen, um, it's pretty impressive what they're able to
1: accomplish. It's so subtle how it does really like you said at the beginning, really push or move the story forward, and it's just amazing how it can do that. You mm-hmm. know? So, very much. So, since that was my number three, I guess we'd be up to your number three.
0: My number three, and I've, I, I've, I've actually flip flopped my two and three a little bit here. Um, because I, the, I when I was getting this music together, I was, I was much more impacted by one one piece of music out of this. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna shift my number three from my number two. My number three is now Moana, um, which came out in 2016 as well. Uh, now you know, of course, Lin Manuel Miranda wrote a lot of the songs for that, um, but Mark Mancini is the person who actually did most of the work on the on the score. Mm-hmm. So that's where these songs lie. I, I I want to pick a particular song out of this because I think it's really, really. I mean, obviously, there were so many impactful mm-hmm. songs and uh, pieces of music uh, from With Moana. It's really musically driven, and um, it is it is a fascinating, fascinating listen. Uh, if you were are listen to the whole soundtrack, but I think that one of the key moments is when Moana's grandmother passes away, mm-hmm. and there's a piece of music there called Tala's deathbed, um, which, which sounds like very morbid, but I think it's a, it's an extremely important piece of music because mm-hmm. you're gonna hear it um, how it in this little piece that I'm gonna play for you how it. You can see it all pushing Moana to break free of the boundaries of of breaking free of Manitou, you know, to break free of the island and and finally get out there and do this thing that, you know, she's been hemming and hawing, you know, she's had different influences on whether she she felt like she should go out past their father, keeping her back. But finally, this is what um, pushes her to it. And I think you're going to hear a lot of that coming through in this piece of music right here. So what I loved about that piece right there is that it starts off. You know, obviously it's the passing of her grandmother, mm-hmm. her, she who she loved right. very much. Even yeah, she though you know, even like, admittedly was like the island crazy lady. Right. You know? <laughs> but she loved her so dearly, and you could feel. The melancholy involved yeah, the with it, weights. yeah, the, the how it was weighing at her, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle. Um, the solo flute playing, mm-hmm. you know, the little bell, right. you know, and then you could you could feel almost Moana's thought process going through mm-hmm. it, you know, first from um, grief. And then hearing just a little bit of the swell of the drums of like, you know, getting the the concept of I need to go do this now in her honor or whatever. And then it kind of fading a little bit, a little indecision there till finally built to the crescendo at the end of no strident resolve. This is what I have to do. This is my purpose in life now. I need to go out there, and followed by finally the voices of the ancestors coming right. in there very at the end with the drums yeah. um, striking, very much inspiring Moana on past the reef and out to find Maui and um, you know to uh, place put back the heart of Tafiti.
1: Right, you know? right, yeah, no, you, you're totally right, um, and that is a beautiful piece. It, it was on my honorable mentions. Um, kind of thought you might pull a. <laughs> Moana song into this uh, no, I love Moana. <laughs> category, yes, yeah. and I do too. So um, but yeah, I like you said, um, where it's it's showing her, you know, sadness, her kind of thinking, Yes, is this the time to do that? Um, and the, and like you said, the hesitation back, um, and it would almost be like going through that thought process for her of, wait a minute, this is what my grandmother not told me just mm-hmm. once, but really encouraged me in this process. And I Be who you are. Yeah, be who you are, and I need to do it. Yeah, so, so that's where I kind of yeah. got out of that Self-actualization. Piece.
0: Yes, absolutely. So that was my number three, mm. although, again, ask me later. It might be my number two right, again, right. but yeah, that was my number three. Uh, Michelle, we're off to your number two, correct? That's what is your correct. number two favorite score from the Disney movies of 2016?
1: Um, So my favorite score uh, is from the movie Finding Dory uh, by Thomas Newman, and, and it's the song Shells. that's you know first of all just a a very shortcut of a you know moderately long wonderful piece um just from the initial hearing it you know hopefully you can appreciate it does sound very much like the ocean Mm -hmm. you know um and the flow of water and what you'd expect things under the under the sea to be moving about with that kind of a rhythm. Uh, but what really spoke to me it was how it emphasized, again, the story and, and having had, having a child, not had, having a child with, you know, obviously some issues going on in their life, you know, and having special needs, uh, I can understand what her parents went through with you know and you see it actually at the beginning of the film where they're working with dory knowing that she has you know this memory loss issue and and you could tell they're dealing with the fear is what if she gets lost you know and um one what how that would impact them but also knowing how it would impact them how they would feel what she'd go through mm-hmm. that fear you know so you know, dealing with the the empathy of your child, dealing with fear. So I can understand that. Um, and so I think that's why I I like how this song really captures that emotion of that, you know, those layers of fear, you know, and even the fear within Dory that, you know, she's trying to find her family and, and feeling kind of like at wit's end that it might really not happen. She's tried a lot of different things. Um, it, it, and when you see her recognize the shells and that sparks a little bit more memory and knowing that she's got to follow them and to the point where they're all reunited together and the joy that they all have in that experience, I just felt so connected mm-hmm. with that. Because of the emotional aspects. Right. And I'm trying to say that without crying. Yes. Uh, by
0: the way, this is probably the one piece of music that's actually been on one of our lists before. Mm-hmm. I believe right. it, it was it was in one of our versions. I can't remember if it was the initial or the second version of uh, Disney songs that make us cry. Right. Um, and that was one of your choices as well. But yeah, you can hear it within it. And you know, as we were going through this, and you were uh, you asked me for this song. Uh, there's another song that's uh, I believe it's uh, from this. Uh, The score that's called um, "Lost at Sea" Mm -hmm. and it's very similar, if not identical, at the beginning of this to "Lost at Sea," because Dory is still very lost. She doesn't know where she is. She's, you know, she can't find Nemo and Marlin. She can't find her parents, although that's what she's trying to do. She wasn't even sure if they're still around, if they had passed on, or if they'd
1: remember her.
0: Or if they remember her. That's a good point, Michelle. Uh, So completely lost, and you can hear it in the music there. And then the the change as she notices the shells and remembers that. Right. And then the emotion, which is so carried through in that piece of music, yes. uh, when she actually witnesses her parents right. and their elation as well, right. at seeing Dory again yes. and recognizing their daughter right off the bat, even yeah. though it'd been a, quite a while. Right. Um, it is so impactful, but uh, it's such an impactful yeah. piece of music yes. that, um, Punches through that moment, which is a very, very emotional moment yes, for sure.
1: Exactly, but I think you know again when you're looking at the purpose of the score to help with support the story, this really is a pinnacle example of how that does that. Because mm-hmm. it, it actually, you're hearing it more than any dialogue going on. So you're you're really that's what is really helping your storytelling. I mean, yes, you see Dory swimming and things like that, but there's not a lot of dialogue that sometimes is underneath some of these scores that you might not then realize so, you know, like, again, that is more subtle, whereas this one's a little bit more bold. Right. And uh,
0: credit to Thomas Newman, who is the composer mm-hmm. of that music there, uh, continuing on the, uh, the Newman family yes. within the Pixar films. Right. Uh, you know, the history, a long history of them uh, composing great songs and great scores uh, for these various different wonderful Pixar films. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Very good. So I guess we're at your number two.
0: My number two again. I I after hearing this piece of music and listening to it again a couple times, um, I flip flopped it and it moved into my number two. And this the film that it's coming from is Captain America: Civil War. I love Marvel music in right. general. I mean, I just think that it's so amazing how they can tell these stories and and the, you know I uh, you, you go through the entire Avengers and all these characters mm-hmm. in Marvel and how they can emphasize all these different characters uh, within it. Uh, As far as Civil War, it's not my favorite Marvel. It's a good film. Mm -hmm. It's an important Marvel film, um, but it's not my favorite. Mostly because it's pretty difficult to see the Avengers... Falling apart right. uh, before our eyes in Civil yes. War. You know, this. these friendships, these people that have known and loved each other right. and fought alongside one another, uh, falling apart as the, this film moves on. And it, it's very tough. And the music does state that going through it. And you right. can hear a little bit in this piece that comes at the end of the film, after the fallout has completely happened. Mm-hmm. This is right at the end when the battle between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and Bucky, you know, the the winter soldier, Captain America and Iron Man has all taken place. Basically fracturing the Avengers completely at that point. But there's a piece at the end where Steve is taught, you know, sends a note to Tony saying, I know things are bad right now, but I will be there. And I think you can hear so much of it here. Not only the, 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 Promise that Captain America makes. As you go through it, you hear him ramp up to that sort of Captain America theme and then you get to the crescendo at the end, but knowing it is still a melancholy moment, knowing that the Avengers have split up right. and moved on their different ways. Listen for the minor key when you think you're going to hit that punch at the right. end, the minor key of things are not good at the very end. Listen to this. The song is called Cap's Promise. hear it there right at that end that yeah. minor key like if it's building right. if the keys are changing it's it's growing it's growing that right at the end just that dumb right. foreboding of the you know that's not things aren't all right within the avengers right. right now um i just love that piece so much because you can hear the story being told by steve rogers of i did this because i had to but, and I know things are fractured right now. I apologize. I don't think things are great, but when you need me, I'll be there. And that's when it's building. But then again, it's like, it's things aren't great. Right. I, I just think it's so much told within just a, you know, a couple minutes
1: piece of music right there. Definitely. It actually is on my honorable mentions. It was, um, I was back and forth between that one and Alice to be my number four. So, um, it was a, choice to, to cut that one because I agree with you. Um, this is another one interesting with the storytelling because again this is more subtle um, sound but it's definitely supporting what's going on on the screen and and I love that scene too because you have the image of, of Tony Stark you know reading this but you have the voice of Captain America trying to tell mm-hmm. why um, and knowing that Neither of them are have come to an agreement. They they're both like you said. There's fraction. They neither of them believe that the other one is right. They both believe their own right version is right. And they're both a little right, and they're both a little exactly. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think having those those three components coming together, you know, having being able to see one perspective of somebody on screen, but hear another, and then you support that with the sound. Mm-hmm. Of that powerful music, yeah, yeah, and I love the title of it too, for sure. Uh,
0: I, I, it's just a great piece of music. Uh, when I was hearing it, I'm like, I got to change my list. Uh, Henry Jackman mm-hmm. was the composer there. Um, he did just a spectacular job, and I just think that that it just like I, I already mentioned it, it tells a story just right there within mm-hmm. that piece, and that I, I think that it was it was, um, it was that minor key at the end Mm -hmm. that inspired me to move it up on my list because I just thought that was brilliant because it just, that note right there, Right, you know, you, when you think about these superhero movies, you think about, you think about, yeah, go, let's go. And it was like, no, Right. Things aren't great right, right now. The Avengers are far from us. they're disassembled. Right,
1: right. Now. right. Yeah. Well, and you could see it too in Tony's face. It, you know, it's not like, you know, if it was, you know, all everything lives, everyone lives happily ever after. You'd probably see his his face show. Okay, I understand, and we're going to come together. But you could tell he's still like. I have a better understanding, but I still believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. And you could see that right. in his face. That, For that sure. conflict was still there too. So For that's sure. no, like you said, really supported mm-hmm. that.
0: So that was my number two, but let's get back to it. I actually think we're, we're going to be in sync with this yeah. one as our number one Disney score from 2016.
1: Okay. I think so too, because the fact that you haven't mentioned this one, uh, mine would be Rogue One. Also by Michael G- Giacchino. Giachino, Giacchino. Okay. But anyways, that would be my number one.
0: Yeah, mine too. All exactly. Right. Uh, actually, hands down, it's not even close. This score is brilliant. It's amazing. Right. And considering that he's basically following from John Williams, who right. every score he does is phenomenal. Right, right. For Michael Giacchino to put together this amazing score for this film and have it stack up with one of the greatest composers mm-hmm. of all time all right. is incredible, and this one does, yeah, for sure.
1: It's funny you bring that up, because I really definitely feel he was either inspired or channeled, <laughs> uh, the composer John Williams. Well, he does. For this. That's, that's the great part of it.
0: Yeah is because what, and I'm sorry if I'm stealing no, any of your no, thunder here. No, you're not, you're not. Um, one of the excellent things about, you know, when you see this film, because it's basically, it's the pregame show for A New Hope, right? I mean, yeah. this is <laughs> yeah. basically like you, you add this to the beginning of A New Hope and you got one extra long movie right, because right. they go together so yes. well. There, That means that there's a lot of nostalgia that's pulled out in this in this film and there's a lot of nostalgia that's pulled out within this score right. as well because yes. he brings in influences from many of the mm-hmm. wonderful tracks that john williams has written over the course of time that have been used for star wars including like the force theme the imperial march right they're yeah. all weaved within this
1: score right right and that's yeah that's what i have here is very similar in my notes that you know he he does bring about again the emotional attachment to characters but yeah i i was so impressed how in his um you know from rogue one how the imperial suite just gave that same feeling that bad sense <laughs> that you experienced um like when darth vader comes to visit the troops um in the empire strikes back you know and and so the same emotion i felt uh during rogue one with the imperial suite sound there um my favorite part though really was the Jin urso and hope suite you know and i think that's obviously the most iconic from the film
0: yeah i'm gonna go ahead and play that right here and then i want right. to talk about it right afterwards because it is fascinating piece of music yes. and there's so much again just as i was mentioning before with cap's promise how there was so much being a story being told right there right. um you can hear here and hear everything about Jin urso and everything about what's right. going on and everything about this film just in this small piece of music
1: So, I mean, as you mentioned, that really tells the whole story. Um, there's so many pieces or so many components and elements that we learn about Jan in this film. You know, but here in to me you could really feel, you know, again talk about self realization. You know, she had been suppressing, you know, her commitment to the cause and, and you saw that it, it finally came through. You know that she came to the realization that was an important part of her of her being and her belief, and and so that it's great that that finally came through. You also felt her again the weight of losing people along the way, you know, all along the way of her life. But even just at that, you know, pinnacle part at the, you know, end of the film where you know the the people that that followed her to go into this battle, she knew, you know, she was losing them. You know, um, K2SO, even that she had finally made a good connection with him. Um, Remembrance of her father and seeing him pass away. I mean, it it just seemed like you could tell that a lot of sacrifice had to be made. Um, But despite all that, there was a hope. She Mm -hmm. knew what her actions were. That. Before this, but definitely at this point, we're going to how those things were going to really help the cause, help the rebels with a significant issue that they they were mm-hmm. faced with.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Uh, this piece is just like this film; it is yeah. beautiful and yet tragic, right? Um, but so important. And you, you listen to this, and it's Jin Urso all the way through it. Mm-hmm. And the the solo violin that you hear right. at the beginning—that's Jin right yes. there. Um, been on her own, having to be out there fending for herself since right. she was a young child. The, the solo violin, you know, um, melancholy um, throughout it, um, finding a group to attach herself to and finding that hope, mm-hmm. you know, which is such a huge theme within the right. entire oeuvre of right. Star Wars, yes. uh, that hope and family And it's all within that song right there. And yet there's always this melancholy, this tragic feeling throughout that, despite you feel the building hope, you know that, you know, they're going to have to end up, spoiler alert for the film, (laughs) sacrificing themselves at the end for the greater good. It's haunting. I already mentioned um, Danny Elfman earlier mm-hmm. being hauntingly beautiful. Right. This is the same yes. exact thing. And this is just a piece of so many wonderful oh, yes. pieces of music throughout this film, that whether it be something as beautiful and tragic as this to something that is more nostalgic and uh, it's just is so well done. Michael Giacchino, yes. wonderful, wonderful, did such a wonderful job yes. um, of basically stepping into a, a very difficult role that, you know, was been
1: handled by
0: arguably the greatest, right. at least, film composer of our generation. Yeah, you know?
1: definitely. Yeah, definitely hard to follow that act, but he definitely did it amazingly beautiful.
0: For sure. Um, I... Highly recommend you you listen to the entire thing. And yes. it, it, it could, it nearly brought me to tears. Oh, it yes. could yes. bring you to tears listening to just to the soundtrack alone and right. just kind of thinking about where these play out, where these right. things play out within yes. the film itself. It is, it is amazing right. um, what he did. Uh, to pull the emotion out of this movie.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so, I totally
0: agree with you. So, I'm not trying to finish on the minor key of this episode, uh, but yeah. I mean that is uh, that's kind of the way it, it went for me because I just felt like it was such an important piece of music. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And like you said, there are other uh, great parts to it. Uh, you know, we mentioned the Imperial Suite um where you really get that feeling of, you know, the Imperial March. The yeah. Imperial March, but it's, you know, a different take on it and yeah. it, but still same it just brings that same thing to you and and like you said um how he kind of how he followed through in in Johnny's footsteps Johnny. <laughs> um with using themes for people mm-hmm. and and having that follow through in the storyline yep.
0: Very right, so, good. Yeah. So that is, do you have any other things you want to mention, Bunny Chance? Or um, I think
1: we've hit a pretty good list there, Yeah, actually. yeah. I, I think we did. I mean, the other uh, a few um, honorable mentions that I was kind of toying with, I, I, well, I, several of them I mentioned, but the other one, um, speaking of John Williams, uh, that year uh, BFG mm. um, came out. Because of the big friendly giant, giant right? Right, yeah. yeah. And the suite from there is, um, you know, that score is also very beautiful. It was one again I I toyed with putting that one on there. It was on, it was off, it was on and it was mm-hmm. off, but definitely also a great score and and you know having him come through um to be able to do that. He working again with Spielberg on that film, which very was good. a great film. Very good.
0: Uh, we love, I know this is a very niche segment, a niche area, you know, the scores of 2016, <laughs> but I think it was fun how Michelle got to this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that year, when I came up with the idea, I had not looked at what films came out. I just did it by the, by the <laughs> kitschy title. Um, but there were some other great films that came out that I think had scores that were very impactful to um, The Jungle Book. The live-action Jungle Book came out that year. Um, Pete's Dragon came out, uh, at the same, at that, that same year. Uh, Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, Which so another one I considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, And there were some others, too, but definitely it was. It turned out to be a year that had some really great um, scores to yeah, try to some choose. some really, really
0: great movies that came out of 2016. It's hard to believe It's it's been yeah. uh, seven years, yes. um, but there were some really great songs and some really great movies that came out of this time. And if uh, there was one that stood out to you or if there was a piece of music from any of these films you've already mentioned, That you particularly enjoyed. We'd love to hear about it. What was your favorite score from 2016? Uh, Please hit us up on the Gmail account or on social media, and we'll share them on an upcoming show. That was fun. When you pitched that uh, topic, I wasn't exactly <laughs> sure on it. Um, you know, I love musical scores, but I'm right. like, can we really make an episode out of musical scores and from a single year and right. everything? But uh, delving into it was really fun, and uh, we found some great movies and uh, some interesting stuff that came out of them. I think. Don't you think? Don't you agree, Michelle? Yeah,
1: I, I do. I do. Like I said, I I knew it was kind of a funny topic, and not having looked at the films, um, but glad it worked out. Right.
0: Me too. No, it was good. It was good, and I uh, hope you all enjoyed that as well. Let's go ahead and quickly get to our Disney stories of the week. I do have a couple for you, and I'm going to start with a few interesting things that came out of this week's Walt Disney Company's Ernie report. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting stuff. First of all, uh, they had better than expected earnings, which yeah. is good news. This is from CNBC.com. They said small subscriber losses and a beat on the top and bottom lines were the highlights of Disney's fiscal first quarter earnings report. While the company's linear TV and direct-to-consumer units struggled during the period, its theme park saw significant growth year over year. Here are the results compared with estimates from Refinitive and Street Account. This is where they got these from. Uh, earnings per share were 99 cents per share uh, adjusted uh, versus 78 cents per share, which was expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was according to Refinitiv. Uh, revenue was 23.51 billion versus the 23.37 billion expected, according to Refinitiv. Uh, unfortunately, as we mentioned, some of the subscriber base for right. Disney Plus dropped. Uh, the total subscriptions, they were 161.1 million versus the 161.8 million that were expected. Mm-hmm. So, slight drop of what they were hoping for, right, but right. not terrible. Uh, CEO Bob Iger said Disney is seeking to, quote, make a significant transformation in quote of its business by reducing expenses and putting this creative power back in the hands of the content creators quote we believe the word we are doing to reshape our company around creativity while reducing expenses will lead to sustained growth and profitability for our streaming business better position us to weather future disruption and global economic challenges and deliver value for our shareholders, end quote, Iger said in the statement ahead of the company's earning call. Uh, during the call, Iger announced that the media and entertainment giant would reorganize. Unfortunately, that meant that they are going to have to cut some jobs. So right. that is, um, that's, that's never great news. We right. knew it was coming, and it's unfortunate. Right. They're cutting about 7,000 jobs. And hopefully, if you're a Disney cast member out there, hopefully that's not affecting you. Um, but they are doing it across the board. It's not like they're just picking on people in the parks and everything. They are right. doing it in marketing and all sorts of different
1: um, um, parts of the company. But it's never easy
0: to 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 hear you're losing your job.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know that that is the sad part of it. Um, you know, it it is a global cutback, so it's not just jobs in the United States. It's not what you would you know like be most concerned, I shouldn't say most concerned, everybody's job's important to them. But, you know, like the the people in the park, the cast members that you would normally interact with, those are not the jobs they were focusing on, like you said, some marketing, both in personnel and some of the budget of what was being marketed, as well as some Mm -hmm. technology cuts were going to be made. And um, so...
0: Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. And again, we've our heart goes out to anybody who it's never easy to right. lose a job. And we feel for you out there because, you know, all the cast members do bring the magic. Right. So, um, you know, we appreciate you. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't affect you. But if it does, um, we're sorry for you. But we, we appreciate you. And we know you're going to find something else that's going to be yeah. fantastic out there. Right. Maybe back with Disney eventually. Right. But.
1: And some are in the high high. That's high true. Of the there, there are many there, jobs. There that, yeah, we're not a just talking the. You're Disneyland uh, president. Right. Is, the the um, people that are yeah.
0: making the bare minimum out there. Right. You know, there's going to be um, a lot of cuts. There, matter of fact, there's going to be $5.5 billion in cost cutting. That's not just jobs, that's right. what costs across the board for the Disney company. Uh, and they're also doing some restructuring. They're now going to change it into three different divisions within the company. They will uh, consist of the Disney Entertainment. Uh, portion which includes most of its streaming and media operations, an ESPN division which includes the TV network and ESPN mm-hmm. Plus, and then there will still be a Parks Experiences and Products division. So that is they're so they're trying to streamline a right. little bit to hopefully make the company a little more profitable. Right now, uh, there was some more interesting news that came out of that call. There was some interesting movie news. Mm-hmm. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, this came from EmpireOnline.com. They say Disney's Quarterly earnings call brought with it the unveiling of a scattering of sequels to animated favorites, yeah. including Zootopia, Toy Story, and hashtag real man love Frozen. <laughs> so yes, there's going to be apparently a Zootopia 2, a, T- a Toy Story 5, and a Frozen 3. I actually thought they are going to announce Frozen 3. at I, I brought it up at D23 right, Expo, yeah. so it doesn't shock me that that's right, happening right, now. Yeah. Um, Toy Story Five. Tim Allen's already on board. He's already tweeted out that I can't <laughs> wait to get together with Woody again. You know, so um, that's that's great news. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's great news on your. I know there's a lot of people that are like, "How can to do a Toy Story?" five you and, know, know, this and, I, that. Know. and I, I get it but I'm interested to see what they do with it and uh, and how it comes out
1: right yeah absolutely and you know while while they still can you know with the people who were in it because I, I think that that's something people take note of when it doesn't have the original cast voice of these animated films.
0: Uh, As discussed by uh, CEO Bob Iger, he he said that this is an example of how the Walt Disney Company is, quote, leaning into its unrivaled brands, end quote. For sure, that's definitely what they're doing there. Uh, As for Frozen 3, (laughs) hashtag real man love Frozen, (laughs) it will make history for the studio, creating the first official trilogy from the Walt Disney Animation Studios catalog. So pretty cool. Uh, Finally, there was one quick note, almost in passing, but it it kind of generated waves coming out of the parks part of what the discussion was during the call. And that is that there is apparently an Avatar experience that's on its way to the West Coast. Yes, Disneyland somewhere. I don't know if it's Disneyland, Disneyland California Adventure Park, Disney California Adventure Park. I don't know. Uh, but according to at Scott Gustin, who, by the way, if you're on social media and you're looking for a great source for Disney news all the time at Scott Gustin, you know, it's not that clickbait stuff. His he has legitimate news, right? He is a excellent follow. Please follow him. Uh, you will get the legit stuff out of him. He said more details will be shared apparently very soon. So, so That's exciting. Yeah. Looking forward to finding out what that Avatar experience will be at uh, Disneyland Park or Disneyland Resort, whether it's Disneyland Park or Disney right. California Adventure Park, and where they would place it because I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know where it would go, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah.
1: Well, it, you know, we've mentioned this in the past. What's really kind of fun that our experience at least uh, over at Disneyland Park is how that is where Galaxy's Edge is and how you can be in one world and come out and be in another world and yeah. and yet it, it works. They do great transitioning. Um, so I would almost think that would probably be the park because uh, I, I don't know, I th- it, it seems like. Disney California Adventure Park. They kind of already have certain designations that I don't know if it would fit in, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean,
0: I could see them over in a place kind of by...
1: Ariel's Grotto.
0: um, More like by Grizzly River Run, kind of in that area over there where they have like the the, the Challenge Trail or whatever. Like Maybe that's a place they can put like a mini Pandora over there or something, you know. I mean, it wouldn't exactly fit in, but... You still kind of had that, you know, almost forest area that you could kind right. of blend it a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know where they plan on putting it. Mm. But I'm excited to find out about it. And, yeah, and have that experience. Right. Or some sort of experience uh, revolved around what is a global phenomenon between right. the two films so yes, far yes. Um, transitioning somewhere to the West coast. That's great. So uh, one more story, and that is great news. If you like to come back to a sparkly clean room during your <laughs> Walt Disney world vacation, this from the Disney parks blog, they said, we've heard from many of you about how much you love and have missed the more regular housekeeping services we offered prior to the pandemic. Well, this week Disney shared that they've been ramping up uh, this process across the walt disney world resort hotels and by the end of february full housekeeping yes full housekeeping room cleanings will once again be available at all the resort hotel rooms with services provided either daily or every other day depending on where you're staying these full cleanings, of course, include everything you'd expect from replacing towels and amenities, to cleaning the bathrooms, making the beds, emptying trash and recycling, tidying the room and vacuuming. I think that's great news to know that they yes. have the staffing again, one, right. to be able to do it. But also, I mean, it just, it's it's always nice. You know, you go away to the parks for the day and you come home and your your room is all straightened right, up and nice right. and looking good. And it, it just, it feels nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was still one of the lingering things since the pandemic that... That, like you said, people missed. It was just, it was a noticeable thing. Right, So for sure. This makes things feel more recovery. One more step
0: to getting back to whatever normal is going to be right. now that once exactly. we get... Uh through this pandemic for sure. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, wonderful, all things great in the world. You just heard it a little bit ago. She has the best list. You know, she does the best research, but she definitely has the best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week.
1: Oh, thank you, sweetie. Well, my tip has to do with, um, you know, over here. On the East Coast, uh, if you're looking to have your child's first haircut be a very special uh, situation, or maybe that's too late, maybe they've already had a haircut, but maybe a first day of kindergarten or first day of you know going to first grade, first day of first grade, or you know, something like that, or whatever you want, Um, one thing that you could look at is the Harmony Barbershop at the Magic Kingdom. And we did this for Scott for his first haircut, and it was just so fun. You know, one, it's great photo op, but also, you know, they give you a certificate. They, they save some blocks of hair for you, you know, and it just makes it that much more special. And so um, it's, it's sometimes hard to snag one of those uh, definitely well sought out reservations, but it is something that you can do. Reservations are... That are the same as with uh, the restaurant. Sixty, days, 60 out. days out, yeah. So, uh but anyways, it is a great way to to ha- to have that special haircut to celebrate something. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, every haircut, first haircut for a child is very special, right. you know. But how uh, also having it the most magical place on earth. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. You always have that. Yeah that's, that's awesome. So, so yeah. very good. Michelle's tip, always the best <laughs> tip. Uh, For my tip this week, I'm going to go back to our last week's episode a little bit and get back to Disney Cruise Line. It's something that I confirmed. We've talked about this in prior episodes, but I confirmed that it's still going on. And that is the fact that if you happen to have an iPhone and you're sailing aboard Disney Cruise Line, you still can use iMessage Mm -hmm. for most people when you're on board. Now, I can't guarantee it. Michelle had some issues with it, but it worked for me. Uh, As long as you're sending iMessage, so that means you're going from an iPhone to somebody else with an iPhone without buying an internet package or whatever, you are most of the time still able to send text messages. Now, you can't send pictures or anything like that. But if you want to stay connected, and many of you are like, I don't want to talk to anybody (laughs) on the land, and I definitely don't want them talking to me. I get that. (laughs) Trust me while you're on vacation. I get it. But if you do want to stay somewhat connected with people back on the mainland while you're on your cruise, that is a way you can do it. Now, I don't believe it works for Android. It just works for iPhone devices right now. Um, iPads as well as um, if you have iMessage working on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is a way that you may possibly, now again, it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't, but I can confirm to you it worked for me that you still can Text somebody, right. I message
1: somebody while you're out there on the high seas, right? And I think for the most part it worked for me too. It was just some, you know, there might have been some other causes for it to get glitchy, but right. yeah. Right.
0: When tip. when we did it back on our Christmas cruise a little over a year ago, it worked for me for half the cruise, and then like the last two three days it went out on me <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason. Right. I don't know why, but uh, it, it it works. Most of the time, I'd say, but it's worth a shot if you need to stay connected with somebody back at home. Right. right. So that's it for this week's show. Next week, well, I think we're going to get back to one of Michelle's awesome research pieces. As we look back at our Disney at 100 series.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I don't know what Michelle is going to focus on this time, but I know it's going to be awesome because her research is always amazing and that's going to be exciting. (laughs) Also, we are doing Moonlight Magic this week out at Epcot. And so I'm sure we'll tell you a little bit how that went as well. It's been a while since we've done a Moonlight Magic event and we're excited to sample this uh, special DBC yes. uh, perk right. once again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be fun that it's at Epcot, so that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to it. So as for this week's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. The very best place to find us is on our own website, podcast.com We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Uh, if you want to find us on youtube just do a quick search for hyperion adventures podcast hit subscribe you know whenever we have a new video and if you ever want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account Podcast at gmail.com
1: and if you really would like to help support this show we'd really appreciate uh, if you haven't done so already a review five star rating would be awesome uh, or tell a friend or family member to listen to the show. For sure. We haven't been able to read a review on the show in a long time. We'd love yeah. to read
0: your review. Uh, if you drop us a five-star review, we would be thrilled to share it on this show. And we will thank you very much. And we thank everybody. We've gotten a lot of wonderful people who have you know, said great things about us through yes. those reviews. Right. Um, thank you all for already doing that. You know, we can't tell you how much we appreciate
1: it. Exactly.
0: That's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.